Nerds on Film with Brian Moriarty, Sarah Ashley, Sean Moriarty, and Roxy Noberry. Well, Dave, I'm glad you're here. Because I know. You're awesome. I don't think I've actually seen you guys. It's been a minute. Yeah. Since Sean was here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, did, but I don't think I've actually recorded with any of you. Uh, the Oscars podcast? Since Oscars. Wow. I know. That was the last time I was here. It's been here. a while. Hmm. Well, welcome back. Thank you. Um, so you saw a movie today, right? I did. Uh, well, we are recording on Father's Day. Uh, mm. And as a good son, and knowing my dad likes movies, uh, I took him to go see um, uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Ooh. Nice. Do tell. Uh, I will say, when those trailers came out, I wanted to hate the movie. Mm. Our good friend Justin, Justin Sweet, uh, said to me, hey, are you going to go see uh, Groundhog's Day, Pew Pew? That's, that's exactly, I totally, when I saw that True. preview, I was like, it looks like Groundhog's Day, it's but literally, with more action. Right? <laughs> with more Tom Cruise and guns. Yes. Uh, not enough Bill Murray. No, not, not enough, nearly enough. <laughs> and not enough Stephen Tobolowsky as, uh, what's that guy's name? It's me, Stan. It's the guy oh, that he yeah, gets yeah, in the yeah. face. <laughs> uh, but surprise, it was surprisingly good awesome um it's very funny which i don't think i was expecting and well it's from, not necessarily a, in from like a comedy not from a, it, it, from the situation thank you yeah yeah yeah, yeah, like yeah. clarification because it's a drama it's, it's an action a, it's movie. a sci-fi action movie i mean okay. to, to kind of harken back to what you guys talked about last week uh it's like the quintessential blockbuster movie you know, it's got spectacle. It's got a decent storyline. It's got good people behind it. There's Move. a twist. There's a twist. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a men, that, you know, time traveling twist. Mm. Um, not as convoluted as, say, Looper. Okay. Unless you look at the ending and kind of scratch your head, which I am. But uh, I won't spoil anything. But it's a great time. Good time. Good. good. Stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Is it more of an August release? <laughs> Summer blockbuster? Freaking Brian. Uh, that was, was like, so funny. I, I would have seen that for more of an August release. I was, I, when he said that, I just, I cried. I feel like he's, I feel like Brian's running a studio that doesn't exist yet. <laughs> I, and I mean that with loving Dude, the studio care, in his head. I, I would trust the studio in his head sometimes a little bit more than I would with other yeah. studios. Uh, of course. Of I wish course. he was here, though, so he could kind of clarify that statement, though. I, because I, I, I think really what understand he, it. I think what he meant was that... I forget what movie you guys were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but that movie... Oh, Million Ways to Die in the West. A yeah. movie like that, in the middle of the summer, whereas b- previously, right, June and July is usually the let's cram as much action crap as we can into there generally it's, it's think, more of like the let's open the summer with a bang and oh. like try and get so you what you want to do is you want to get people spending all of their money at the beginning of the summer going to see all the like the important ones of them by the end of the summer they're pretty much flat broke it's spending your, money right. on tickets it's, gotcha. it's your big yeah. it's your bigger ticket movies okay like that's why you would say like edge of tomorrow or um x-men, X-Men. maleficent maleficent even. right yeah. these are like the big ticket movies that you know people you know they're going to shell out money for sure uh million ways to die in the west i get what he's saying like i think that and A Fault in Our Stars are two big surprises for the summer. Yeah. It's specifically A Fault in Our Stars, which went up against Edge of Tomorrow, mm. which I think any other time would have probably been creamed by the sci-fi blockbuster. But because it was such a well-established young adult novel, mm-hmm. and there were so many people who wanted to see oh, that movie. Me screaming teenage girls. Oh, my oh, God. My Everyone I've it. talked to yeah. has, a, has, has said these words. I'm ready to ugly cry. <gasps> yeah. Wow. Yeah. My friend just remembers going to the theater and just having to be handling the sounds of screaming girls at every scene whenever the the main guy would come oh, on screen, God. you know? Like, every time he would appear, just, 
oh, just sighs and sobs. They, have, and they know he can't hear them, right? Yeah, pro- you know, no. <laughs> I don't it's think so. It's the same reason why people clap at the end of movies. Yeah, it drives me bonkers. Well, you know what? I, 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 I would, I would refute that. I will clap at the end of like doing a midnight release or something like that. Go. Like, no, I will for like early premiere dates. It's a communal. Like, experience. like I think that's, clapped, communal, that's clapping for the. I'm pretty sure experience. we clapped at the end of X Men. Yes, sure. Yeah. yes, but because that's a, that's a communal thing. But like mm-hmm. for a normal like mid, re- I'm not clapping the, at the end. of It's like a Wednesday at like noon. I'm not applauding. And you're seeing, you know, some like. You're seeing a million ways to die in the West, and wait, did that wait, happen? No, to... no, no. When we saw Kung Fu Panda, we were literally it, the only. We were literally the only the people in the theater. Did you we... stand up and applaud? Like, or, no, like, but no, we, we but talked to super loudly throughout the whole thing. It was great because we were sitting there going like, no one else is coming, and it was like a weekday in the afternoon showing. Nice. And nobody was there, oh and so God. we ended up just like ha- it was like our own riff track, but we weren't riff tracking it. We Not were yet. like, "Hey, who's that voice?" Oh, we were guessing all the voices. We got every single one except for Dustin Hoffman, which, which was like really upsetting. Yeah, oh. it was. dude, that just makes me think of the meme of Orson Welles and Citizen Kane just clapping for like furiously yeah. in the movie theater. Know, People right? use that like. Um, <laughs> so but, true. So I saw a movie this past week too. Oh, I saw uh, How to Train Your Dragon Two, which was a Dorbs. I loved it. Adorbs. Adorbs. Um, it was really freaking cute. Um, if you guys have seen the first one, Dave, you said you have. I have not seen the first one. I Everyone have. I know has has begged me to see the first it's one. It's really good. I mean, aside from the fact that the animation is spectacular. See it in 3D, um, guys. You should definitely see yeah, it in 3D. Yeah, yeah. It's got... Did you see it in 3D? No, okay. I did not. But if you... you if you're given the opportunity to do so, I would recommend seeing yeah. it. Yeah. I would imagine if, if the graphics are yeah. that good that 3D would make it The better. first one's graphics were great in 3D. I yeah, and, and it's, you know, I so it's, I'm, my love is always with Disney-related things, so, like, Pixar has always kind of trumped DreamWorks in my head, but this one is, like, for me, How to Train Your Dragon is on par with, uh, you know, like, Toy Story and that kind of stuff like oh, that as far wow. as I'm concerned. Like, I think that it's the storyline matches the animation matches it's really Snap. fantastic she just threw the gauntlet yeah down. i think dreamworks has been getting better recently. yeah no absolutely especially since guardians of the galaxy not guardians of the galaxy um, rise oh. of the guardians yes rise of the guardians yeah. thank you um i think yeah so there was a lot going on that i thought was really good but more importantly what i really like about how to train your dragon is that you can tell that the animators spent a lot of time researching animals and putting that into the motions of the dragons, the posturing, and that sort of thing. It was all very accurate. Mm. Um, and especially in How to Train Your Dragon 2, there's a very good um, overlying theme of uh, using positive reinforcement training mm-hmm. with animals as opposed to um, doing like alpha mentality, dominance training, whatever. Where you just yell at the dog. Yeah, yeah. And, and in fact, actually, I totally saw a very strong parallel between the bad guy and Cesar Milan. And I oh. was like, and I, being that I uh, completely hate Cesar Milan's method of training. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's I, kind of a douche. Yeah, his philosophy is all I wrong. I know what I'm doing because it's worked before. No, traditional dog training methods don't work. You have to use operant conditioning, which we will talk about later because. <sighs> Our what? theme today mm-hmm. is animals and film. <gasps> so with that, was that, a wonderful segue. I know, that right? That was so. good. That's what well happens done, when Sarah, Sarah. moderates. Oh. <laughs> done, <laughs> ladies in film, y'all. <laughs> so with that, welcome to Nerds on Film. I'm Sarah Ashley. I'm Roxy Noberry. And I am Dave McGuire. Yay! 
Yay! He's back! Dave, one of our original hosts on Nerds on Film, is back for yeah, a visit. I'm like a George Washington. I was in a forefather. <laughs> He's of an this OG group. nerd. Yes, you were a forefather of Nerdonomy. And then I was shot by uh, John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> George Washington was not shot Guys, by in my head, history is, is mangled together. Eric is crying somewhere. He doesn't know why, but he just started to cry. He's like, there's. There's a disturbance in the force. I really, that would be so great if all of a sudden he texts us like, guys, I'm crying. What's going on in your cave? There are tears happening right now and I have no reason for them except for something. He's like, who said what about history? That's wrong. (laughs) Um. You know, what's funny about the Nerds on History podcast. I've been noticing they've been getting a lot of feedback. I mean, I don't know if this is relevant, but... There's been a lot of feedback about their Teddy Roosevelt episode lately. Yeah, there's been a lot of controversial feedback. Uh, mm. Teddy Roosevelt mm. and um, the circumcision one. So, yeah. yeah. People but, like or hate Teddy Roosevelt and mm. they don't like the skin cut off. They got strong mm. opinions about People that. People have strong opinions, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have some strong opinions here, too. And Yes, we do. And a Boom. lot of us here. Another segue. Segway queen. <laughs> <laughs> bow down. Bow down, everyone. Guys, we that was like worthy. two in less than ten minutes. We're not worthy. We're <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Just keep fanning me. Um, <laughs> She's the Alice Cooper to your Wayne and Garth. I am. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Stick my hand out. <laughs> I fucking love that part of that movie. We are and Wayne and Garth right now, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, but so all of us here are actually huge animal lovers. Um, I've mentioned before on the podcast, but for newer listeners, um, I work for a nonprofit animal shelter um, here in the Bay Area. And, um, you know, Roxy, you're a cat owner. I'm a kitty cat owner. And you're an animal lover. And Mm -hmm. Dave, I know you have three cats yourself and you've had cats growing up. I do, yeah. We love the uh, And somebody special in your life has... uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. My lady, uh, she has a nonprofit that she's just started. Awesome. Um, So they're advocating to try to change things within the San... I wouldn't say San Mateo. I would say more so in the peninsula Mm. to try to change things into a no-kill shelter. Oh, wow. Uh, So LA has one called NKLA. Uh, and they're trying to introduce feral freedom programs. So San Jose has one. Mm -hmm. South San Francisco has one as well, but that middle area doesn't quite have that yet, so Mm. they're advocating change. Yeah. We should talk about the no-kill thing after this. Yeah. It's it's controversial. Oh, yeah. Animal Um, advocacy is a controversial No, it actually actually really is. So um, we're going to kind of go ahead and preface this episode by saying that um, some of the stories that we're going to be talking about – are a little disturbing, but what we're going to try to do is sandwich. So we want to kind of start with some positive stuff, some, you know, the things that we like to do where we just kind of nerd out over what was our favorites and that (laughs) kind of thing. Um, Then we're going to talk about a little bit more of some of the the really scary things that can happen on set. Um, And then we're going to kind of... Yeah. Clean it up with a little trivia game. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think we it's, it's important for us to talk about a lot of the graphic sides to yeah. this topic, but at the same time, we're not going to glorify it. Absolutely. We're not going to dwell on it. We're not going to make it a main point of the show today. We're really yeah. going to just mention it as a support to why animal advocacy in film and television and entertainment period is such an important piece to yeah. the entertainment industry and yes. why it needs to be um, paid more credence to. Yes. And that's yeah. why people need to do more work and be better at what they're trying to accomplish yes. in, in terms of protecting these animals. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. So. Well said. Thanks. Thank you, Roxy. Yeah, thank you. So. Yes. So, sir, would you like to kind of... 
bubble. Is that your bubble pipe? <laughs> <laughs> the bubble pipe. <laughs> Guys, I'm a former smoker. Uh, I can only do bubbles. <laughs> tobacco for this guy there we go so would you like to kind of elucidate for us the organizations involved or the training that's involved or sort of the background information about what's elucidate (laughs) i heard that word in a disney movie song (laughs) and i really wanted to use it i just like looking i'm like i'm not even sure if i know that one can that be the episode title sarah elucidates doesn't it go like how do you even spell that elucidate e-l-u C-I-D-A-T? I'm looking this shit up Elucidate. right now. Elucidate. It's a word. What's it mean? <laughs> it means make something clear or yes! explain. <laughs> That's your word for the day. I Elucidate. <laughs> I used a word. I didn't even know what it meant and I used it right. I'm so happy. That was, that was miraculous. Uh, that was fantastic. I swear to God, though, it's in, I think it's in like a, I think it's the, the song. Um, it was a Mulan. Everybody wants to be a cat. Everybody, everybody, everybody. everybody. Okay. And he goes, let me elucidate this for you, or something okay, like good, that. Cool. I like a line in there. All right. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, no, if you know what Disney movie that was, email us. And no, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude is uh, not um um. Sounds uh, like the Aristocats. Yeah, it's the Aristocats. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Well, well then negate that email, okay. but still email us. Anyways, I email. made it topical because it's still about animals. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so you know, there's a so there are a lot of organizations that go into this, um, namely the American Humane Association. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of the overseers, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about their history um, in a little bit. But then you also have a lot of animal handlers um, that have hopefully been extremely trained and prepared and educated in order to um, perform their tasks. And usually they have a set amount of animals that um, they have already kind of pre-trained on a lot of different things, but they can train them up to do other certain tasks, et cetera, based on what the script is requ- what is required of the animal. Right. Um, but for the most part, all of these trainers at this point, um, at least most of the ones here in the U.S., um, should all be using um, operant conditioning. Um, as a training method, which is positive reinforcement training. So Mm -hmm. you are rewarding the good behaviors as opposed to punishing the negative behaviors. Mm -hmm. And that is how you're more likely to get um, animals to do what you want them to do. Um, A lot of, uh, you know, the Pavlov type thing where, um, you know, you're triggering like responses to certain things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in order to cue an animal up to you know, sit on command when you say sit or give them the hand signal, you know, you have to give them the treats and all that right. stuff along. So then when you say sit, they're like, I'm going to sit down because that means I get something good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, little known fact, you can do that to anyone, really. Yes. Yes. Uh, I am super trained. <laughs> no, they're actually. I get cheese. There you go. He gets cheese. There you go. No, there's um, there's actually a thing called tag training oh. um, that you can do for an- uh, do for humans. Cool. Yeah. yeah, and it's based on clicker training. Oh my god! Tell <laughs> I know. me more. I I'm just learning this myself, so I don't. I can't even explain it. But I just heard She's about in it. A new relationship. Like, Things I are you, working out I was out about really to say. Well. I was like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Although, have you clicker trained Steve? I have yes. not clicker. No, I've not you clicker trained Steve. Clicker trained. No, I have you? not. I have not used a clicker at all to do any training. Oh, oh, really? Then <laughs> no. But what it is is actually it was funny because I was just having this conversation with a few coworkers mm-hmm. of mine because um, we all work in the behavior department at my shelter so That's we all so cool so we all do um you know I, I do a lot of theory work mostly to help customers but I work with trainers all the time and um 
it's funny because we've all talked about how in our relationships we have somehow used po- positive reinforcement training to <laughs> elicit the good behaviors that we want and get rid of the bad behaviors that we don't want. Oh, <laughs> we man. don't punish. No. We're not punishing, but then like... When On the surface, it's a non-profit for animals. But Beneath the surface, it's a whole new way of life. <laughs> well, really, really. But I mean, what's wrong with that? You're still bail- you're building solid relationships. I mean, mm-hmm. with a friend, you're not... Like if your friend does something wrong that you don't like, you're not just going to scream at them all the time and yeah. then expect them to do something good for you. No, yeah. you're going to thank your friend for picking you up from that party while you were shit-canned. I think you a know? really good example in modern film of how operant conditioning can really work and how it should be used in a positive way is the documentary Blackfish. Mm -hmm. When they talked about that whale, how he was trained and how he would be punished a lot, unfortunately, by not the trainers, but the other whales. And the other whales would beat him up by not behaving. But SeaWorld... So SeaWorld actually did make a very significant change in the late 90s. Mm Mm-hmm to switch to operant conditioning training. So before that, though, they were doing a lot of traditional methods and doing a lot of punishment training. Wow. So that is, I think, par- I, okay, so Blackfish is very controversial Surely. as a movie because um, there are a lot of people at you know involved with SeaWorld and stuff like that who do say, like, okay, yes, there was significant things that were wrong and that whale was raised using really bad training and that could have very much damaged that particular whale absolutely Mm -hmm. and even some whales from there Mm -hmm. the thing that they were trying to say like oh there was um the genetic tree like when you have like one bad whale and he was using to breed all the other whales and all these other whales could be bad too it's It's a generational transmission that doesn't work well it does in humans it does with humans how there's such a thing called multi-generation Multi-generational transmission objects, mm-hmm. where generations of something, some sort of emotional reactivity or relationships gets passed down from each generation. But such not as, if like, it's learned. I mean, in a way, it can be. Like, I think when it comes to, like, anger management issues or domestic violence or even alcoholism, things like that, where there, there is a genetic link to certain things like that, it can be passed down from generation to generation mm-hmm. um, in the sense that... Babies are smart. Babies observe a yeah. lot, and they, yeah. they absorb a lot of the, the emotional sure. impact that their parents, you know, give out. Like, that's why there's such a thing right. about attachment theory and how it's really vital for the mom to give enough attention to the baby, but also, like, not fuck that up, you know? <laughs> sure, but that's not like this whale was fathering these other whales, like, directly. He no, was not. Right. He's not in a parent role. They were just basically shipping out his jizz everywhere. Exactly. So, so the attachment there was totally... Yeah, like you remember the scene when the, <laughs> the mama whale and the baby whale got separated. I've got away with words. I was like shipping out. His... I'm sorry. Carry on. <laughs> you remember that scene when the mama whale and the baby whale got separated? Yeah. And you just hear the screams of the mother yes, whale. Yes, absolutely. And you just feel that pain. Yes, absolutely. I mean, no, I, I, just... I do have some very strong feelings towards animals in captivity. I'm not trying to forgive SeaWorld for what yeah. they do, just because in general, I don't think that that's right. I have no problem with. Um, zoos and aquariums and places that are conservation-minded. I agree. And they're using these things as a means of preservation and transitioning back into the wild for the ones that they can do that for, but understanding the ones that we can't. The problem is, is humans have irreparably fucked up the planet anyway. <laughs> Sorry. So, so yeah, we but we have to be more... Let con- they said that was just gas. Right. <laughs> it's a lot of farts. <clears throat> my, my two cents is, is I... I, I'm of the same mindset that Sarah is, where it's 
if the reasons for captivity are because that animal can no longer make it out in the wild, mm-hmm. then <clears throat> give them an opportunity to at least live out their life in the, the best way possible. By in a giving humane them, way. In a humane, humane way. way sure. Giving them an environment that would that they would have out in the wild but not have them be just straight up killed if they were put back out. Mm-hmm. I have – I watch Blackfish um, and sure I jumped on the bandwagon but things like SeaWorld, things like public zoos – you know, they, I think there's a difference between having just a conf- conservation area where they're just there to re- live out the remainder of their days and having a place that's used for profit and have these animals just there for a pro- you know, profitable purposes values, yeah. in their inter- entertainment purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've gone to the zoo plenty of times and I, I think it's because of just how closely genetically we are connected to gorillas, but... Going to the gorilla area and seeing one of them just sit there, like, it's fucking haunting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you look into the face of a gorilla and, like, my soul weeps. Like, and I don't mean to be, like, so, like, hemming. No, that's not hemming. Shut the fuck up, David. Um, (laughs) Being so overdramatic about it, but it's like you, you, you... you're seeing just like this this fucking being just kind of like oh, I'm here. So the level of empathy that you yeah. feel for this creature. Thank you for is saying something that. That's than overwhelming. Which is why it's always so entertaining to have animals in film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank Boom! you for tying it back together, Sarah. Dude. <laughs> but but this should just be called segue episodes. <laughs> Sarah segues. <laughs> but the thing is, is so. But that's why she it's segues so. on a segue. Sorry. Hey. <laughs> that's why it's so important that I guess. You know, that's why animals work so well in entertainment and they work so well in film because there is something that we certainly empathize with, especially for um, animals that have been marketed to be empathetic. Um, You know, going talking about nerds on history and and the Teddy Roosevelt thing, you know, bears became a sympathetic animal because of Teddy Roosevelt. They Mm. weren't sympathetic before. People saw them like fucking sharks. (laughs) And, you know, now... And then Jaws made people afraid to go into the water. So, like, that kind of thing, right? So, um, we definitely have public perceptions of animals in film, which is why you see a lot of dogs. You see a lot of cats. You see horses and that kind of thing. Majestic creatures like whales and dolphins and things like that. So, things that, um, you know, we can really appreciate, right? Sure. Um, Disney's chimpanzees. March of the Penguins, Disney's Bears. Bears. Bears was so right. cute, too. What about the one it. with the lion or the little tigers or lions or something? Wasn't there one where there was, was Earth? Like a, a tiger was and a Earth. lion? Wasn't it was that Earth? Oh, yeah. Maybe. Disney's yeah. Earth. Yeah. So, like, seeing the seeing the documentary ones, those are always really fun. But then you yeah. always have the ones that are, um, you know, more narrative fiction. Right. Uh, Free Willy. Mm-hmm. Flipper. Things like that. Word bound. Uh, <laughs> Word bound. Can I just say, as much as I agree with your statement about Flipper, mm-hmm. right? Can we just forget that movie happens? Do you guys remember Zeus Wasn't and Wasn't that we Elijah Wood? That was we Elijah Wood and a Paul Hope. Yeah. Paul Hogan? Is that his name? Yeah, Paul Hogan. Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Zeus and Roxanne, a dolphin and a dog. Oh, yeah. Oh. There you go. Oh, God. Wasn't that the same dog in Dante's Peak? Probably. I don't know. So you never saw that movie? Either no, way, I've seen Dante's Peak. I just try to block it out. Either way, guys, I was raised on Wishbone, okay? Uh, Watched okay. that show religiously between the go. ages of like five to ten. There you go. For <laughs> me, it was um, Homeward Bound yeah. and uh, Turner and Hooch. Nice. Never saw Freak- Turner and Hooch. Oh, my God. But Homeward Good Bound, stuff. I watched the shit out of. Yeah. Tried Turner every time. and Hooch, man. That fucking Tried dog. every time. 
Um, <laughs> Fly Away Home was another big one. That was the that Jeff really Daniels and a Packwing geese movie, right? Yeah, yes. that was the one with the geese. The goslings. Yes, the wee wee not, not to be misconstrued with Ryan Gosling, just in case. <laughs> Where it was all Ryan Gosling's face on little, like, geese heads. Yeah. Of yeah. course. <laughs> little goslings. Oh, um, and I, I mean, mm-hmm. if we really want to consider it as an animal movie, best in show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I Every love that dog movie. Resembling their That's owner. a bit of a stretch, but I'll give it to you. I love that bomb. movie. Because there's technically dogs in that film. I mean, and I don't, I don't like the show dog system either, yeah. but God damn it, I love that movie because so it just makes good. fun of everybody in that. And then also Comet from Full House, who was also Air Bud. There you go. Best wait, golden retriever of so the wait, 90s. So that, that dog was Air Bud in the Air Bud movie? Yes, it was. Really? Mm-hmm. That's Started impressive. as a puppy That's in impressive. Full House. Well, do you guys, you guys realize that um, was it the first, the first ever Best Actor Oscar winner was Rin Tin Tin. Oh my God, that's, that's so badass. True. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Rin Tin Tin was a very popular dog actor. Super. From well, he was part of the serials back in the, like twenties and thirties. Yeah, mm-hmm. same thing. And Lassie. Lassie. Mr. Ed, where oh, I'm pretty sure yeller. they just yeah, oh, yeah, old yeller. And then Aww. Stella from Modern Family, the little, um, what's what? Oh, French Bulldog. Yeah. That's what Stella yeah, is. Yeah. Um, right. but with Mr. Ed, like, they used to put peanut butter in his that's mouth. That's how he got his mouth. Like, that's how they got him to, how they got Seriously? to make it look like yeah. he's talking. Yeah, yeah, that's how they made him talk. Yeah. Which is not bad. I mean, hell, they fucking love peanut Better butter. Better than fucking Milo and Otis, what they did to those poor kittens. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know if we're ready for that yet. Uh, <laughs> oh, let's not, let's not forget about, Ed, I don't know the actual dogs, but Eddie from Frasier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone, everyone loves that dog. And guys, this cinematic classic, Operation Dumbo Drop. Oh my god, I've never <laughs> seen that movie. You I know it's about it. an elephant. Yeah, elephant. Dennis Leary's in it. Dennis Leary in an elephant. <laughs> what was that movie with Bill Murray in the elephant? Was that Operation Dumbo Drop? No, 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 no. It. it was like he, his father or his grandfather croaked. Oh and my like, god, in I his do will, think, No, yeah, that was the one. He was like, like fucking crossing the country with it. with an elephant. Mm. Oh my god, I try. Oh, I remember that. I can't because it came out around the same time. Yeah, it was like it was like that was, <laughs> that was deep like impact when, Armageddon with a meteor movie. Yes. Like, these are the elephant <laughs> the movies. The elephant movies. Because oh, the world gosh, needs elephants. Do you guys remember the uh, live action Jungle Book movie? Hell yeah. yeah. That was not guy, a, it was not a great movie. No. I mean, it was cool uh, for the animals. Dubs, it was cool for the animals. They're remaking yeah. that. They're I know. Another live action one. They're doing like two. They're doing like two of them. Idris going to voice Shere Khan. Which, that dude... He's like he can do no wrong. He's like the younger version of Morgan Freeman. Oh yeah. Where he's just got a great voice. And for all of you TV lovers out there, uh, check him out in The Wire. Holy shit, um, is he Luther, good? Luther, hello. I hear that's a good show. Yeah. Luther is the bomb diggity. Yeah. But yeah, I know he he started out great in The Wire for sure. Uh, back to animals though. Which one am I thinking about? Oh my god, <laughs> my favorite scene in Borat <laughs> when they put the bear in the ice cream truck. Oh my god, <laughs> and that kids, was so damn and the funny. Kids run up and they see the bear and they run away screaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was probably like the best part of that whole movie. I didn't Literally, really like that, that movie very much, but that was so funny. Uh, the movie was called Larger Than Life. Larger Than Life. Okay. It was in 1996, and nice. oh my god, Matthew McConaughey Which, was yeah, in that. Yeah, that was one year after Operation Dumbo Drop came out. Yeah, so that was like mm-hmm. the time frame for. There you go, dude. You guys, I read something that on um, the cat in Breakfast at Tiffany's when was not only in Breakfast and Tiffany's, but it was in a like a slurry of movies from the 50s, including really? Rhubarb. Armis Brooks, This Island Earth, The Incredible Shrinking Man, The Comedy of Terrors, and The Village of the Giants, all between the years of 19... 
1961 to 1965. Damn. So this orange tabby cat got some work did. That is a... That was like <laughs> that generation's angry cat. That cat was... Grumpy re- cat. Grumpy, grumpy cat. cat. Which oh. is getting a... Just quick side tangent because we are talking about animals. Yeah. Grumpy Cat's getting a lifetime movie. Dude, Grumpy Cat is serious? the modern, is the most popular. I, I'm saying this now, the most popular and cat or animal personality in modern yeah. pop culture right now. There's yeah, there's Angry Cat or Grumpy Cat. There's uh, Little Bub, Piano which is Cat, Piano Cat, well, yeah. or Keyboard Cat. Excuse keyboard me. Cat. <laughs> um, but there's but there's like very specific cats that actually have their own blogs and stuff like nice. that. Uh, a newer one um, that's kind of like on the fringes is Hamilton the hipster cat. Oh my god, I love who, Hamilton. Oh right, yeah. yeah. So I saw this thing they did on Jimmy Kimmel where they were. Um, I know Jimmy Kimmel. Every time Oscar season comes around, he always does remakes of like famous movie right. trailers. Oh my for god! The oh, movie. did you see that? The, 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 the dominant Yes. Oh my god! I could not even handle that. Christoph Waltz. Right? Christoph Waltz was hamster on a piano. Yeah, which I had never heard of until I actually saw that <laughs> thing. Hamster on a piano. Well, I'm sure now he's gonna. Or Jimmy Kimmel will probably use uh, a oh tiny hamster eating tiny burrito. Yeah. There well, we Jimmy Kimmel actually played the um, the one where it's the. Which one's that called? The one clip where the hamster like turns around really dramatically. No, dramatic. that's the, a groundhog. The groundhog. Dramatic groundhog. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. I know. That's he actually did so that. funny. Um, it was grand. So I mean, I, I don't know why animals are such great fodder for this stuff too. It's just they're, the they're just they're just so freaking cute. Well, I think and I think uh, in in terms of having them as like sidekicks to the movies, like Turner and Hooch. Like I think that was probably a moment where they realized that. It's funny mm-hmm. to see a human being be partnered up with an animal yeah. and hijinks will ensue. But it's not yeah. even that. It's like <laughs> it's like of Turner and Hooch, Hooch was the the Mel Gibson in this, you know, this buddy cop movie because he's, he's like the he's the crazy one that you can't control except he's the dog. Right. <laughs> that, and at the same time it's also really funny to think you know what the animals are thinking. Yeah. Therefore, voicing over animals mm-hmm. is also equally hilarious. Yeah. God, does anyone remember that movie, Cats and Dogs? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Right? That was a pretty big one, too. That was huge for that summer. Yeah. I think it came mm-hmm. out in, like, er, er, And then they 2000s. made a bunch of sequels or something. Yeah. So Which much. was dumb. And of course, uh, one of one Dalmatians, both the yes. animated film and the live action remake. The live action one was uh, Glenn Close. Is a flipping beast. I just think what I liked about that was that they gave the animals. They didn't do the voiceover thing, right? Where they like no for one hundred one down. No, hundred one Dalmatians. They didn't do anything. But but it was great, which is I think is probably the best choice because you're allowing the animals to 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 legitimately act. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I know some people are like, yeah, they did because it's like you're watching their expressions and you're watching them in these situations Mm -hmm. and instead of forcing it, like. I caught on TV. I didn't watch all of it, but I caught on TV the Smurfs movie. Nice. Wow. I'm glad I didn't actually watch all of it. But what I did catch was that uh, Gargamel has this orange tabby, right? That's uh-huh. his like sidekick. Mm-hmm. But there was a moment where they wanted, obviously, the cat to show a certain expression or meow at a certain time to respond to what Hank Azaria was saying. Yeah. So they spent CGI money forcing the face to do that oh yeah God. so instead of finding a take where the animal did that they're like fuck it we're just gonna put it in after lazy but lazy. you know but there is a good argument for cgi because otherwise you can put animals in a lot of really dangerous situations he yeah. was sitting there 
That's fine. I think it's just as effective. Sometimes he you, was just sitting. Sometimes you can't force it. Just as effective to have animals in CJ or, or animated animals, yeah. rather, in films as it is to have them in live action. Yeah. I think it's more effective because, let's be honest, Disney animated films made their market on films about talking animals. Right. <laughs> like People love them anthropomorphized don't animals. Don't they, though? They really do, which is kind of a problem when you're talking to dog owners and they're like my dog's doing this because he's jealous or because he did this thing and i'm like no, no. <laughs> my favorite scene in 101 dalmatians is when they're watching the dogs and the women walking by and how each dog and its owner resembles each other but yeah. in like the style like the even the body right exactly. like, that is true though i <laughs> I, I think that true. is probably true yeah. that you pick an animal or you have an animal that best resembles some part of your personality again though it all comes down to the way you condition the animal it's an extension of your personality and how you interact with others and how you perceive the world yeah so Agreed. if you're an aggressive person, you're going to have an aggressive animal. If you're a meek person, you're going to have a meek animal. Well, if you're neurotic an... like me, you're going to have a really neurotic orange cat. <laughs> Oliver. <laughs> Oliver is very neurotic, but it's because of the way of the the training mistakes that I made. Being, you know, a first-time cat owner, doing it by myself. I was a single mother. <laughs> it was a struggle. It's really hard. You do the best you can. <laughs> I did the best. I, I did my best. <laughs> That being said, though, there is something to say about the level of attention you pay to an animal, the amount of respect you pay as well. And I think there's a certain amount of lack, unfortunately, in a lot of these films that feature live-action animals where the trainers or whoever don't... The actors, directors, producers, whatever, they don't respect these animals. They use them as chattel. Or, you know, or they just have... Or they're just ignorant. There's that, too. So, um... Let's get into the sad part. Um, So the American Humane Association was established in 1940. And this was a direct response to uh, a few things, a few trends that were happening in Hollywood at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there was there already kind of was a precedent set for kind of tolerating a certain amount of animal abuse um, in circuses up to now. To this day, elephants and other animals are being abused in circuses. This Ugh. is why you will not go to a circus. Fuck you, Ringling Brothers. Pretty much. Um, like dingling. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Zing. I went there. Right, Roxy. Um, <laughs> See you went home from later. There you go. <laughs> but like, so... You know, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Topsy the Elephant, um, but I know. So or if you watch Bob's Burgers, you are familiar with this because they did an episode about it. It was kind of interesting. They they incorporated it into a scenario. It was actually pretty interesting. Um, Somebody was going to do a report on Thomas Edison. And so they wanted to they did a recreation of Topsy the Elephant, Um, (laughs) (laughs) which is terrible. So of course he would. Let me explain. Um. (laughs) So Topsy was an elephant that had um, attacked a few people. Um, it was a circus elephant, but it was uh, most of these were pretty much um, retaliation acts, or just or the fact that shocked. Yeah, I know. Or the fact that this elephant was just really abused, and like you know, I guess one of the times that he attacked was because one of his trainers was trying to feed him a lit cigarette. You know, wow. like things. I know, obviously. God, what a dick! Yeah, shame on that elephant for fighting Fuck you, back. Topsy, for not wanting to eat tobacco lit on fire. <laughs> I know. I know. Stupid. So no. they were going to, they the elephant by whatever circus council was sentenced to death. <laughs> and I'm were, sorry. I, I just know. see like a bearded lady <laughs> and like a man eating glass and like, like conjoined twins sitting there going like, we, this is, this is not good. 
Uh, council is brought to meeting. Um, guys, we need to get serious for a second. Yeah, I know, right? So they, so they sentenced... Like, uh, Foxy <laughs> So they sentenced this elephant to death by hanging. Oh. Which, first of all, when I read that, never mind the fact that they wanted to... By fucking hanging an elephant. Rainwater for elephants. This shit is not actually that... Un- it wasn't uncommon for the time period. How do you hang an elephant? With a crane. With a crane! Holy shit. Fuck you, Ringling Brothers. <laughs> yeah. My so, God. anyway. Um, so they were going to hang the elephant, but instead Thomas Edison stepped in and said, no, no. The more humane way of doing this <laughs> no, no, would, no, no, be, no. Dick. would be electrocution. Oh, really? Which, of I mean, think about it. What is more humane way of, of you know, often convicted felons? Um, lethal hanging, lethal injection, or electrocution. Yeah. Before we got to lethal injection, we did have the electrocution thing, but whatever. Point being, he said this would be the more humane way of doing it, but really what he was trying to do was publicize um, his uh, direct current electricity. Of course. Of course. Why not? Um, <laughs> what a proud venue. I see this as a win-win opportunity. Yes. <laughs> you get rid of Topsy. Everyone knows it was my electricity exactly. that did it. Exactly. My idea. Yes. But I get to film it. As Go opposed ahead. to the alternating current of Tesla. So, so he's... Fuck David Bowie. <laughs> wow. Them spitting words. No, because David Bowie played Tesla yes. in The Prestige. Yeah, we, oh, yeah. right. <laughs> So, like, how'd you get David Bowie into this? Okay. Don't bring him into, don't bring Star Child into this. Anyways. So, point being <laughs> is um, they actually filmed the death, and they ended up uh, basically featuring it in circus sideshows and all these other things, just kind of touring the country, a little wow. cinema sideshows. It's about a minute and a half long. It's available on YouTube. I watched it. It was disturbing. Ugh. I'm good. Mostly just because they walked this elephant up to a platform, it's standing there, and then it just falls over. Ugh. I'm good. Yeah, I'm going to pass on that. It's not great. And so Spickle. that was kind of like one of the first times um, a death was really publicized like that um, for entertainment purposes. And then, like, you move on into, like, 1939, uh, the John Wayne movie Stagecoach. Um, the stunt double for John Wayne had actually developed a system that was used in a few movies where, so, you know, like, imagine those scenes where somebody's escaping, like, a bunch of, like, bandits on horses. and Yeah, and they're the all, American way. Yeah, and they're all, like, firing, and then the horses just fall over. You know, like, that's, yeah. right? So how they did that was because <clears throat> they would use um, wires attached to the horse's legs. Yeah. Attached to weights that were buried in the back and a cinch system. So then um, as the horses were running along, by the time that they got to the end of the wires, their legs were yanked out from underneath them and they would fall over. They were either crippled or killed by the device. Um, The device has now been banned, which is great. um, But that actually happened. Yeah, that actually happened. Um, It was called the running W. Yeah. That device. Yeah. Wow. Someone um, took the time to fucking create a name for this. Yeah. It says it, it produced a spectacular on-screen effect. Um, but at what cost, you know? But at what cost? Absolutely. Yeah. Guys, it uh, looks well, great. And Ben-Hur, if you think about the chariot scenes in Ben-Hur. Oh, yeah. Like, five horses died filming those scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and a stuntman, too. And a stuntman, and a bunch of people are almost decapitated by a flying horseshoe. So, oh. But guys, the show must go on. But the show must go on. <laughs> um, and I guess it was particularly the second unit, direct, the second unit director for that, who was actually kind of just known for um, filming really quickly and not taking safety into consideration because he just wanted to get something fast and realistic. And you wonder why movies like to- take so long to shoot. Exactly. Um, but the one that really, the one that actually had set up a standard and 
put um, and actually caused Hollywood to create the American Humane Association was the 1939 movie Jesse James, mm-hmm. uh, starring Henry Fonda. And in this, there's a scene where the two brothers are riding off a cliff, um, and they were going to fall into the river and escape from this posse. And the way they did is they had one stuntman and one horse, and they basically uh, shot the unwilling horse off a chute and off the cliff, and the stuntman just jumped in after him. Um, and it was, they're unsure, the horse drowned, but they're unsure if it was the impact breaking his back or if he just panicked and drowned. Um, oh but they God. shot it from two different angles, so, they, so it could seem like both brothers did it. Um, but after that, uh, that was when they made, when the AHA had stepped in and became, I know, Dave, you're like freaking out I right literally now. just, I, I did not read this story yeah. till, till now. It's, yeah. it's horrible. So it's basically horrible. the AHA established guidelines. Established guidelines to, to come in. As protests. Yeah. That came about. Well, and, and at it this point. It only took them 30 years. No, but at this point, the AHA is actually, um, like currently, I think they're like 136 years old. So they've been, as an, as an organization, they've been around for a long time. However, oh. I do want to say that the American Humane Association is not the same as the ASPCA. It is not the yeah. same as the Humane Society of the United States, and it is not the same as your local Humane Society necessarily. So they're not um, really associated with them. No, just because it says humane in yeah. the name, it does not mean that's the same. No, right. So they're um, not associated with one another. Right. No. Um, most of these um, humane individual humane societies are independent. Five hundred one c three nonprofits. Yeah, but this one is regulating animals. But in this the one in particular industry. is the only one that has sanctions in Hollywood to oversee. Because it was and, set up by people from Hollywood. Well, no, but it's a Washington. But no, it's a Washington D.C. based. But nonprofit. now it's but now it's kind of run. Ish. It's Hollywood. run. It's possibly. Yeah. Possibly. So. I'm not going to make that accusation directly. Right. There's like not really much evidence, but when you, right. but when you, yes, wink. yeah, over exaggerated wink. winking, mm-hmm. wink, wink <laughs> <laughs> on an audio podcast. I'm getting visual. <laughs> Damn it, Dave. <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, is don't think that that stopped it. No, way. no. So there were a lot of things that were still happening. There's still a lot of things that are happening. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the horrible movie, Heaven's Gate. I um, have not actually. So it's a Michael Cimino movie, who um, basically on set. And most people did not go to see this movie because it was terrible, I guess. But um, he was <gasps> accused of yeah killing oh at least four God. horses, um, bleeding other horses from the neck, disemboweling cows, Ugh. accidentally blowing up a horse and its rider with dynamite. The rider did survive. Oh well, oh. there you yeah. go, saving grace. Yeah, oh, we staging, can all go home. Staging actual cockfights and decapitating a uh, chicken. A chicken? It, I love what it says here. It was, in other words, a horror. Yes. Yeah. Um, by the way, um, a lot of this information um, on these specific stories is coming from um, avclub.com. And their website, it's called, uh, yeah, or this article is called, Yes, Animals Were Harmed, 21 Films and TV Shows That Killed or Hurt Animals. And it actually provides links to certain clips To certain films. clips so you can kind of see what happened. So there, there are some really, really horrible ones. But a lot of this information is coming out after a very big exposure that happened during Life of Pi. Okay. So we all remember that movie. It was about a tiger on a boat. Okay, most mm-hmm. of us read the book. Well, maybe not most of us, but a lot of us read the book. Really <laughs> what Sarah's saying is, I read the book. I read the book. And you all should have. <laughs> it, so, was a, it was a really good book, and yeah. it was a pretty good movie. Featured a lot of animals. For yes. a movie that was mostly CGI, it won Best Cinematography. 
Yeah. Yeah, I know. But here's the thing. The expose piece was about what happened to the tiger what featured to the in tiger. the movie. Yeah. So, there... so I'm going to play stupid person and educate me uh-huh. uh, because I, probably most like, unless you know, most novice film people, mm-hmm. I was under the impression the tiger was all CG. He was not. So there were certain um, scenes that they felt that they could not um, appropriately capture, capture with CGI. So they decided to use a real tiger. And that okay. real tiger's name was King. And Side note, I have a cat named King. Oh, how cute. Yeah, well, he didn't damn near drown in the movie. So, yeah. So this is what <laughs> yeah, happened. Sorry, no, we did not. <laughs> so this is what happened. Um, there was... So the AHA sends out monitors to movie sites. Not all of them. They actually have a very clear thing on their website saying where things are monitored, supervised, whatever, or they send a certified um, affiliate to go out there Mm -hmm. or other ones where they know that based on the script they were compliant and then other ones where they say, oh, sorry, scheduling, we can't go out there. I know it's not terrible, um, but you can't. You We're can't here to police. protect the animals. Only one scheduling allows. You can't. You can't police everybody. It's almost. I think it's unrealistic. So what to happened think that you could. here? Then? So what happened in this situation? A monitor named Gina Johnson came out, and she had confided an email to a colleague um, in April of 2011, um, and what the email said, and I quote. Uh, this one take with him just went really bad and he got lost trying to swim to the side. Damn near drowned. Um, I think this goes without saying, but in all caps, don't mention it to anyone, especially the office. I have downplayed the fuck out of it. Ugh. And what turned out, <laughs> they, I mean, they were able to save the tiger. So they were, the tiger was in a tank and, um. Is there a scene in the, in the movie where the boat capsizes or? Sure. There's a ton of there, that, There's actually. a ton of lot of water going everywhere. That tiger tiger's a swimming. lot of swimming. Yeah. Um, but the tiger was in a tank and kind of got lost and, and confused or whatever. And then they ended up having, like, the, t- the trainer was able to get the tiger, um, you know, caught in kind of a catch and pulled to the side so the tiger could get out. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and, but the woman, Gina Johnson, the monitor wasn't reporting that she was saying it to a colleague, but she wasn't officially reporting it. And it turns out that um, it came out that she was intimately involved with one of the studio execs. Involved in making the film. So, yeah. hey, So basically, <clears throat> to break it down, dirty studio exec and her were fucking. Mm-hmm. And it was a catch-22 where if she reported it, he would then report to her that they were having an illicit affair. Yeah. Whistleblower. Well, and AHA was not, a, like, a, AHA management was not aware of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, Drama. and, and then they weren't aware about the email about the tiger incident until it came out and which, you know, when other people's have described it, but then other people involved in the production didn't describe it as that dire of a situation with the tiger. However, because she has a training and she's from AHA and they're and like, so you she, have to look out for these specific things. Yeah. And so she probably saw it like this, maybe the others who weren't, you know, who don't work with animals and don't work, work with exotics don't understand the level that it could have been, but she clearly had a different idea of it. Anyway, point being, at the end of that movie, it said no animals were harmed. Oh, my God. And to so, follow with that, there's another controversy involving animals on set, and that involves the making of The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. It's Peter Jackson production, where 27 animals reportedly perished, including sheep and goats 
and I think a couple horses or something like that. Either way, they died from dehydration and exhaustion or from drowning in a water-filled gully during a hiatus of the film. Yeah. So that meant that AHA was not had no jurisdiction during the hiatus. Well, that's what they said. That's so the, the thing that's is, bo- what I'm they, call but it the, no, no. Here's what they said at first. The first thing that they said was. Well, we don't have enough evidence to investigate it. Mm-hmm. We don't have enough to investigate it. And the guy said, I buried those animals myself. Yeah, this is the I, trainer that worked Yeah, the trainer the who worked with them said, I buried those animals myself. I can tell you exactly where they are and how you guys can investigate it. <laughs> and then the AHA says, well, it was during a hiatus. So we have no jurisdiction. That's bullshit. And then what, so the, what they put at the end of that movie was... Uh, um, it monitored ca- all of the significant animal action. No animals were harmed during such action. Yes. That means they were monitored during production times, but not during the hiatus. Who fucking that's, knows? That's like the equivalent of like being a babysitter and saying like, "Hey, I'm on lunch break, so you little toddlers go out in the back. Uh, there's some puddles of water, <laughs> some plugged in toasters. Don't mix the two. Yeah, right. it's such bullshit. So there, there is obviously a lot that. You know, I think like two animals were either heavily injured or killed during Flicka, the filming of Flicka. This is so sad because it's um, a fucking story. And to story be fair, also the horse. Hobbit wasn't the first time. There was also a lot of controversy around the original trilogy. Yeah, of Lord, Lord of the, the Rings, Rings. Mm. for horses. For horses, but they were saying that. Um, so what ended up happening was it was rampant disease that went through, and they just weren't doing proper quarantines. Oh my god! Um, to kind of keep it from happening, which working in an animal shelter. Disease happens, okay? Right. So I'm not going to say that you can't completely avoid these things. Disease happens and you have to make some hard decisions. But the sooner you're able to catch it and quarantine off those animals, the better. They may have just not been prepared or it may have spread too quickly. So disease is a little bit harder, okay? You can check out as much as you can. But, you know, when like if you're working with dogs and things like Parvo come up, it's just – it gets rampant really fast. Parvo? Parvo virus. Mm. Um, It's it's like a – nervous system it can affect the nervous system it starts off as kind of like flu-like symptoms and then Mm. it like escalates um and and it can can cause death real fast so um so it's it's tough you know it's really rough to to work in those sort of situations but you you take as many precautions as you can um pirates of the caribbean they did not take any precautions with marine life when they were doing all those explosions out they on the water. Those fish. So for about four days, um, dead fish and squid were washing up onto the shore. <gasps> Ugh. During those explosion scenes. Oh Fuck God. you, Jerry Bruckheimer. Seriously now. So, dude, what but where about- are they filming? But, but they're filming out of the states, though, right? They're filming off like the Caribbean. Even filming- then, but if you're working for, if it's an American company. Right. AHA still has jurisdiction mm. because you're but because you're still operating right, under right, American cause, laws cause, cause to a certain yeah. extent. Yeah. Weird. What about cruelty to animals instead of like production wise, but actually on screen as a part of the plot to the film? Mm. Like two specific examples I can think of that I actually have watched was the bison sacrificing scene in Apocalypse Now. Yeah. And the squid eating scene in the original Old Boy. Yeah. Okay? Like, yes. and apparently in Apocalypse Now, that bison was already set to be sacrificed mm-hmm. by the tribe that they were filming. That they hired to film. Yeah. Them. Anyway. And apparently, according to producers, they said the, the way they did it was more humane than the way that the tribe would have done it. Moral gray area, obviously. But the thing is, is so in the guidelines... I will okay. So basic guidelines, I actually have them pulled up right here. You can find them online if you go to AmericanHumane.org. You can actually find the guidelines. Um, it's a they have. 131 page PDF. So yeah. strap in. Damn. Yeah, right. Um, but they have the basic principles on the first part. Um, it says animals are not props. 
even if they are supplied by the props department. No animal will be killed or injured for the sake of a film production. Uh, American Humane will not allow any animal to be treated inhumanely to elicit a performance. Um, Although although permitted for necessary veterinary care, general anesthesia and sedation are high-risk procedures and are prohibited for the sole purpose of filmmaking. What about Dr. Doolittle? (laughs) Uh, Storytelling needs of producers can be achieved humanely by working with the AHA and uh, and adhering to the AHA guidelines. Um, Documentary-style footage, stock footage acceptable to American Humane's mission cannot include scenes that represent actual harm to an animal, even if filmed as nonfiction newsreel footage. Such harm, although possibly historic, is considered exploitation of the animal suffering for the sake of entertainment. Any scene depicting harm must be uh, simulated. Um, In reality or non-scripted entertainment acceptable to American Humane's mission may may only include scenes that do not show real harm to a live animal. Um, Not an old boy. That dude ate a ex- real squid well, four times in a row. But that's a foreign film. That's, that was a that's foreign a film. film. It was not filmed under age. There, there was a remake of Old Boy that happened either last year or the Josh year before Brolin, with yeah. Josh Brolin. That's American. Okay. And I bet you that scene doesn't exist in that movie. Apocalypse Now, though, that one should have been under um, AHA. And that was, you know... They hacked into that poor thing so... But here's oh, thing, you know though. what? Oh, here's what it said. The movie, which was filmed in the Philippines, was not monitored by the AHA. And not surprisingly, it earned an unacceptable rating by the group. There you go. Good. So, but the At thing least, is, is, gee, but it gets unacceptable, so they get dinged, but nothing happens. Right, mm. nobody's held accountable. Are for they it. being prosecuted for animal cruelty? That's no, what of course I not. Know. Well, but, uh, but uh, is there a but, case that's pending? It was no, no. But here's and the and thing: <laughs> why would we expect that that would happen? Because how many times has, has child abuse or anything like that happened? Um, in Hollywood that doesn't get prosecuted anyway. How many directors Agreed. do you have going um, overseas and off the land because, you know, they raped a 14-year-old girl? <coughs> Roman Polanski. Yeah, so... I don't know why you had to shield that one. You could have just... <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It's like... But what this, I'm saying... But this is on the same level, so... It is. So and... it just really... It, uh, it really annoys me when this stuff is not being... As much as I love movie making, as much as I love a lot of what Hollywood does, as far as entertainment and creating art, and I do think that there is real artistry in film and all this stuff, or else I would not be doing this podcast. Yeah. However, why is it that we cannot punish these people when they are doing bad things? I don't fucking money. I don't care. No, no. What I'm telling, no, no, no. <laughs> no. What I'm saying though, what I'm implying by that is that, it, call, you know, people can call me out and say yeah, I'm wrong, but it, they're fucking payoffs. Probably. You know? I mean, how many people or how many children were abused in the Hollywood system by, you know, uh, i.e. Brian Singer? He may or may not have done it. We're not sure, but right? There's a, a lot but, of doubt. But that what I'm saying stuff is, happens. Right. But what I'm saying, though, is that things like this, they come out and everyone goes, oh, my God. And then quickly it's gone. Yeah. Why is it quickly gone? Because someone is paying them off. Yeah. Well, or they're taking... They're taking like you know they're doing out of court settlements and all right. the other stuff but that's, but that's, yeah. those those victims. or just paying fines the problem actually is i feel like in a lot of um the uh animal cruelty law system is that a lot of it is very reliant on fines mm. and i don't think that that's enough there shouldn't be a fine it's fucking criminal yeah the, 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 this mentality that the, that's been in place towards animals and it's still here today that that they are nothing more than just servants to the human being, to the human race, or that they are below the subservient, human race. Subservient, yeah. They're yeah, subservient. It's fucking ridiculous. You know, hey, uh, hate to break it to you, world, but prior to humans roaming around, what was here? 
Dinosaurs? Animals. <laughs> you yeah. had fucking animals no. ruining the ruling the goddamn world. Mm-hmm. And then we are because we're we're larger and we're superior, whatever the case may be, right? We 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 got ourselves on top. It's like you know, it's like it's there's our, a reason the, why, and not to sound so it's kumbaya. Hubris, though. It's the it's the humanistic condition to to, to be on hubris. be on the fucking top. Yes, That's, it's all gonna be like Planet of the Apes in the end of the day. We're all gonna re-evolve into sure. monkeys, <laughs> you know, just but to it's prove just, to it's ourselves. It's despicable when you see things like yeah. you know. Be, this, this group called the AHA, whose sole mission purpose right. is to be there to ensure that these animals are handled properly. But right? I mean, so this is just one part of what they do, right? Yes, but uh, as an organization, right? I just think it's sad that but they're only using monetary fines when easily. I'm not, but I'm not. I'm not saying that specifically. What I'm saying is a lot of animal cruelty laws in general are based on fines. Yeah, there's no. Cri- I mean, unless you you straight the, up. A lot of them, like you know, Michael Vick obviously got some jail time. A little yeah. bit. Yeah, a little bit. Not a little enough. bit of jail time. Not enough. And now he's playing. Yeah. Again. Ugh. Yeah. But anyway, point. But being, he's reformed. Whatever. So there's there's a lot of you that was know, sarcasm, by the way. Yeah. But it's not, and it's it's tough though because I mean, you even have trainers who are doing bad things to the to the animals in their care on the production of Eight Below, which was a I it's a know, fucking Disney movie. It was a Disney Wasn't movie. Wasn't that the one with uh, Paul, Walker? Paul Walker? Yeah. Um, a, so this is yeah. A husky was repeatedly punched in the diaphragm. Um, they said about eight times. I didn't see why. And what was the, what did they? So what they were trying to say is that, it, um, it was necessary to break up a dog fight. However, Repeated. dog fights do not get you. You have to pull the dog away to even get to the point of being able to punch a dog in the diaphragm anyway. Right. So you so pull the dog point, away and then you hit it eight times. No. So at that point, that's not how you break up a dog. Like Excessive to break force. up a dog fight. You grab them by the hips, you pull out, you take a hose, you spray between them. You use a brake stick. If one will not let go. That is what you do to break up a dog fight. Don't stick your hands in the middle of a dog fight, people. Don't fucking punch dogs. But you period. do like why are, punching the dog in the diaphragm is not going to do anything, right? So, no, and and there's there's a lot of just really god awful bad stuff, and we can just keep going on and on about. And I don't think things. we should because we can my talk blood... about. I think the moral yeah. of the story is just do animated yeah. and CGI yeah. with animals. Well, no, know? I don't think that's the moral of the story. I, I think want the moral it to be though. Sto- <laughs> but the thing is, is that. I, I don't see anything wrong with using animals in film as long as obviously there are humane things. Yeah. And like but it, well, if hope. you're gonna if you're gonna catapult a fucking horse off of a goddamn cliff mm-hmm. for the sake of a shot, you should just go cut your balls off and just bleed out. Like <sighs> there there's there's a right way and then there is a wrong way. And right now we're kind of in this gray area where it's like sometimes we're doing it correctly and sometimes we've got life of pie. I'm gonna say the majority. I'm gonna say that the majority of movies probably are compliant i'll yeah. give you that it's kind of right? like serial killers they're gonna they're yeah. gonna glorify these stories about these once you know once every 10 years kind of big cases and i think comparing like you're saying like these these are not that common unfortunately you know it, luckily it, it may not be it so here's the thing yeah it may not be that common. It took a big expose like the one in Life of Pi for these things to come out. The yeah, that's pro- a long being, article. <laughs> the point being is, is that there are a lot of movies. Like, just think of the list of movies that these are all ones that we've heard of. We know these movies, and why weren't they? Which is a sad fact, arguably, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, um, and these are movies that are these are movies that are still making money too. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. But in order to kind of take down the <laughs> level of <laughs> anger in the down. room, because we're all we're all very amped. 
You know, I'm sorry. I, no, I the, no, hands. it's a, it's upsetting. It is extremely upsetting. Blood was coming out of my ears. It's pretty messy. In the <laughs> we love animals. And we want to see them safe. We do. We do want to see them safe. And so what we're saying is, if you have a cat, you have a dog, a turtle, a fish, a horse, hug them. Hug yeah, that just turtle. Go, 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 hug go, your go give them a right hug. Now. Just and be glad that they're that not shine. actors. You know, there are a lot of there are good things that happen. There are also bad things that happen. Um, and the the only time I've ever heard any director come back in response to anything any sort of animal cruelty that's happened on set was john waters um regarding his movie um pink flamingos mm-hmm. where i mean that movie was about being a horrible human being and being the most depraved and god-awful person you can be <laughs> and they used um chickens as sex props and killed them um in the process of doing it and um john waters actually has a clip um, I found it on it, it's on YouTube. It's, it's on also, the same article, and it's too. on that same twenty-one. Um, it's movie number things, twelve. Whatever. Yeah, basically, two chickens get smashed between two very naked bodies. Yeah, but he basically said, "What the his fuck, his man? whole cause was, look, I eat chicken, and I know that chicken did not land on my plate after dying from a heart attack, and so you know, I don't see what the difference is between." killing them in this way as opposed to at a slaughterhouse at least and he said at least this chicken got to be a movie star and i think they said that they all ate the chicken afterwards i don't know about you guys but uh i sure love it when my chicken's been sexually violated prior to being on my plate i don't respect john waters at all not after that i never have to begin with he's always given me he's always been a really weird filmmaker and i have liked a a good number of his movies but that one's that's just no Spray. Yeah, I don't. I I can't. Cry stand baby. Him. Was that him? Yeah. Sure. yeah. What is it? Oh yeah. wow. Look at that. It just. Ugh. No, but that that is disgusting. And honestly, I don't think that killing an innocent life for the for the sake of entertainment, for the sake of what you will. I mean, what could potentially be cinematic art? I don't care. I, mean, I don't care. I don't think that that's a cause for it. You could you could liken that to you know if if we're so okay with the murder of animals on film, right? Let's say we lived in a world where that was fine. Then then we should go back to the way the Romans did it and just fucking kill people on film. Yeah, why not? Right? I mean, what's the fucking difference? It's it's a life. Yeah. Man, you know how Sean gave me that copy of... uh, Cannibal, Cannibal or uh, Cannibal Holocaust? Yeah. Did you watch it? No, I don't have the balls to watch it. Don't yet. do it. Don't do I'm it. I'm really scared. There, they the, did some really disgusting things. All of, in that all, too of on all of the human stuff is fake. Okay. The only real thing that, that happened is was, the scene with the turtle. Yeah, yeah. they dismembered and disemboweled. I'm good. Turtle turtle the turtle. I keep yeah. hearing is a really horrible part. Yeah. Um, so I'm I, I think I should follow my instinct and just don't do it and <laughs> not do just it just don't do it so move into lighter heart stuff please yes Roxy, let's you move into I think we can everybody definitely... take I want everybody just right now let's take a deep breath let's decompress it all listeners you do this too <sighs> so I found a as you're hugging your animal article because there are a lot of great movies yeah with that are totally good and awesome to animals Shut up! I don't think they harmed you guys. In that. I hope not. I really hope not. Here's some fun trivia. I'll ask. I'll, I'll open this up to the group. This is from FunTrivia.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the four boys featured in Stand by Me, a 1986 film, are terrified of a dog guarding a local junkyard. What is this dog's name? Oh God. Not Cujo. No. Mm, it's close. I, but, it's, but, it, but it, it's, it's a C. It's a name starts with the letter C. Captain. No. I think, can't remember. I don't know. Think more like. Uh, uh, Claw? Uh, this is, this is going to go Chomp. on too long. Uh, Chomper. Chopper. 
Okay, so Chopper. Ding, 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 ding. If you, if you keep giving clues, this is going to go could, on way too according long. According to legend, Chopper could be commanded to attack specific parts of an intruder's anatomy. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I really think that Stephen King had a bad experience with dogs. I think so, too. <laughs> Cujo. Yeah. Stephen King, if you're listening, reach out to us. Well, you dude. know what it is? It's oh. because dogs are always so close to us. So yeah. I think the idea of having the something so... The fear of so, having something so... So close to you be friend. able to yeah. Sarah, turn back on what you. was the name of the cat in Breakfast at Tiffany's? Cat. Ironically enough, it was named Cat. Yep. Huh. <laughs> Original. Um, all right. I actually named my cat Artemis. <laughs> <laughs> David, what was the name of the dog in The Nightmare Before Christmas? Oh, this was Jack Sellington's yeah. dog. I remember. I remember. Ghost, uh, ghost spot no. with the little red nose. It's a number. Oh, 12. Uh, zero. Yeah, there, there we go. go. Zero. Sorry, I had to like 12. Here's, here's, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. I didn't think of the movie. I thought of the ride at Disneyland. And oh, I was like 12. Okay. And then you're, they're doing that one part. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, I like this one. In Rocky from 1976. Adrian gives Rocky a bulldog. After what football legend is this dog named? I can't remember. I don't know, but I have an anecdote that goes with that. So <laughs> okay, the, the name, the dog's name was Dick Buckus. <laughs> so that dog go. was actually uh, was actually Stallone's dog. Oh, really? So what happened was Stallone was a broke actor. Mm-hmm. He wrote Rocky, and he tries to sell it to the studio. And the studio says, great, we're going to buy it off you for a million bucks. Now, Stallone's homeless with his dog, living in his car. Aww. And he's like, no. I don't want to do that. Wow. And they're like, uh, what? Like, we'll give you more money. And he's like, no, I want to be in it. And they're like, go fuck yourself. Here's this, here's a bigger lump of cash. So uh, as this debacle is going on, Stallone has to, like, he gets rid of his dog when he realizes that he can't live on the street with this. So he gives Aww. it to a friend. And it's like the most heartbreaking thing that Stallone's ever had to do in his life. He, yeah. He's on record saying that. So anyways, fast forward. He makes a deal with the studio. They let him do it. And he tracks down his friend, Gets his dog back and puts the dog yeah, in the movie. That's Dick Buckus. I love that's it. Good. Okay. Boom. Happy story. How about this one, Sarah? In uh-huh. Back to the Future, Dr. Emmett Brown uses his dog as a test pilot for his time machine. What's the dog's name? Einstein. Yay! He comes through the test completely unharmed. Completely unharmed. <laughs> but a minute sooner. Oh my god! I love it. <laughs> okay, what about the dog from Indiana Jones? The it's, dog. The dog's name was Indiana. Remember, yes. you named the dog Indiana. This is Henry oh, Jr. Right. Yeah, um, that which is the Sean child. I'm that sorry. was awful. This took the, took the dog's name as his own nickname. Yep. For the record, Indiana Jones producer George Lucas once had a dog named Indiana. Yep, I love That's it. Cute. Which they okay. which they suspected that Chewbacca was based off of that dog. Really? And by oh, the nice. way, Robert and Brian are very upset at your Sean Connery voice. I, yeah, I'm sure. What they is are. this? Do I, this? No, I just. If they, you go back to like episode four when we had Robert on, it was like me, Robert, and Brian doing Sean Connery impersonations for literally like 45 minutes. Oh yeah. It's okay. bad. What's the name of the dog in The Fox and the Hound? Oh, uh, the dog is uh, Copper. Yes. Yep. Good. All right. Um, what about the one Dalmatian in 101 Dalmatians that didn't have any spots? Snow? No. No. Ghost? Oh, my God. No. Oh, my God. What was it? Think about strange shape. Oblong. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just get- oblong! What was it? Come here, Oblong! What was it? Oddball. Oddball. That's strange cute. shape. Oddball. Oblong. Oddball. Close. <laughs> oh, my God. What kind of dog was Itchy in All Dogs Go to Heaven? Oh. Itchy, was that the one with the backwards hat? Yes. Like the game. Oh, was, he like- was, a, was he a Basset? No. no, he was a Dachshund. Dachshund. He was a Dachshund, oh, yeah. Okay, right. And then the main guy was a German Charlie. Shepherd. 
Charlie. He was a street okay. smart dog because he yeah, wore his hat backwards. That's right. So I have a fun story about Oliver and Company. Um, I basically named my cat, my own orange tabby, after the main character in Oliver and Company. Cute. Because when I adopted my kitten, I got him from the uh, this organization called Town Cats, and they're a Bay Area company that does pet adoptions. And, then you and at you. basically, I went into the area with all the kittens were, and all of the kittens in the like secluded area were all female, except for one little kitten. And that was my boy. He was the only male in the litter. So I was sitting there, you know, looking at all the kittens and all the females were just kind of like not giving me the time of day. They were all, you know, your garden variety, white, black. There was one tortoiseshell one that I was thinking of getting. And I'm just sitting there thinking, which one, you know? All of a sudden, out of the blue, Oliver comes up behind me and just jumps into my lap and just sits there and stares at me and just basically says, you're mine, you know? Like, I'm, you're taking me home. Like, he just, like, adopted me, you know? So I decided, he's my little orphan boy, you know? I'm gonna, I'm, I'm definitely connecting to this guy. And because he was the only male, like, he made himself known. And I really connected to the way that Oliver and Oliver and company... You remember the opening sequence when he's like in the box with kittens and he's the last kitten and he doesn't get adopted and the box gets like flooded with water and he has to go out on his own, you know, do his own thing. Yeah. And he gets adopted by dogs, which is kind of like hilarious. <laughs> um, Tito, right? Dogs and cats living together. Mass <laughs> hysteria. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that was my kind of inspiration for my kitten and I just connected it to that film. I love that. That's good. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, there is a really, you know, strong significance of that. Like how many times, I mean, working at an animal shelter, we've named several dogs and cats and whatever after like dog and cat counterparts nice. on TV shows or in movies or nice. whatever. And it's just, it's fun. It yeah. is really fun. And I do think that animals do have a place in entertainment, but in a respectful way, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, they don't have the, the conscious wherewithal to make the decision to, allow people to you know cause them bodily harm or to debase them in any way they don't they don't have that level of higher thought to consent to something like that and that's why they just like how we can't do that to children and that's why they need organizations that are like nonprofit organizations because those are the people who are speaking up for them Mm -hmm. and 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 i do think and i do think some um higher regulation to um check in with the AHA to make sure that they are staying compliant with themselves. And yeah. that's really yeah. important. So. Getting some kickback to look the other way. Hopefully exactly. that's not the case. So, well, we story can... well told. I think there we, we good, go. Good job covering that. Yes. So All we right. Feedback? God, we, we, we shall. We, we hit a lot of emotions. We did. Mm-hmm. We did. We were, it was a roller coaster. Yeah. Um, so I did want to mention, um, yes, Brian and Sean weren't here this week. Um, that is because they happen to be um, out and about on a camping trip. <laughs> I just realized we yeah, went the we entire could, episode and without was, mentioning where them. the fuck are they? <laughs> we killed them. They? Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Hostile takeover. Um, Brian was eaten by a xenomorph, which yeah. is like his In fact, fear. actually, Brian just texted us oh, because yeah? we're actually recording earlier than normal. And Brian just texted me saying, "Hey, let me know if there's any technical issues." Oh, hey. Thanks, well, Brian. Um, we're actually we're doing just fine because you taught us well. Thank yes. you. Um, our sage leader. Yes. So. Brian and Sean, yes, are on a camping trip with their dad right now in Colorado, so mm. having a good time from what we can tell. Catching lots of fishies. Do you think and... it's like Robin Trubotsky's camping trip or like the father just like <laughs> lets them go? And like, he's like, can you just imagine like, a survival like Brian and Sean's dad like coming with a helicopter and like Brian's wearing like a wolf skin and he's just like crying and weeping at like what he had to and do with And Sean's his like painted in blood. And Sean is like the badass Liam <laughs> yes. Neeson in the gray. Yeah. Oh my God, this is yeah. too much. Um... <laughs> But so uh, what feedback do we, we have? We do have some feedback. 
listener feedback. Yeah. Um, I'm going to actually just go ahead and, because both the feedbacks were both for both podcasts, I'm just going to go ahead and just say thank you very much to um, James and Mark for writing into us. Um, I know uh, Mark is a big fan of both podcasts. He had a lot of really nice things to say about the Arthurian episode that I was just um, guest hosting on for Nerds on History, which was really nice. Um, And he also gave a nice little um, uh, story about seeing um, Sky Captain the World of Tomorrow and how unimpressed he was. (laughs) Angelie did hold her own, though, I think. Yeah, yeah. It it was not a... It had a lot of potential. I never saw it. There's some parts that were lacking. That's Jude Law. Um, yeah. Jude Law and Angelina. Yeah. And then um, James um, basically just wanted to thank us. Uh, he works for a contracted program for NASA. And so he's listening to our podcasts while he's doing his important work. And he would really like to see an episode um, regarding um, space exploration. Ooh. Um, and I think James, that, I think that and would Eric. be I think that would be a pretty rad crossover at some Sick. point. So um, so thank you guys very, very much for writing in yeah. to that. Do we have anything on the Facebook? I don't know, Dave, do we? No. Well, okay. No, mostly uh, the Facebook has been uh, posts of, well, Eric's birthday. Yes. Yeah. And then a few articles I've found and that Eric has found. One of them being, uh, if you check it out, it's actually a really rad article about how an old painting got cleaned. Mm-hmm. And they found a whale. Nice. In the painting. That's cool. So, like, something happened to where, like, either someone painted over it. Ooh. I haven't actually read the article. I skimmed it because I was at work while I was doing it. Because I do both at the same time. Ooh. I know. Shocker. But, yeah, yeah, they found a whale in, like, a 17th century painting. So, check it out. It's on uh, Facebook.com slash Nerdonomy. Great. And so, if you guys want to follow us on Facebook, you can like us there. You can also follow us on Twitter at Nerdonomy. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can follow us personally on Twitter. I'm at SarahAsh16. I'm at Roxy Noberry. And I'm at David C. McGuire. Yes, Dave is very much an active, active participa- participant in Nerdonomy, uh, despite not being on any podcasts right now. I'm sure <laughs> the listeners are like, who the fuck is this guy? Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> Go Bring back, back Sean and Brian. This guy's a dick. This is bullshit. No, Dave is one of our founders. Dave's a partner with Nerdonomy. We love him to pieces. He runs all of our social media. So and blame can, all the grammatical errors on him. I just wanted to tease because <laughs> uh, we do have a video initiative that's being ramped up as we speak. Yeah. Uh, and also just to tease you guys because we don't want to go live with it quite yet. Uh, Eric and I are cooking something up. <gasps> yeah. Uh, it's going to be pretty rad. Mm-hmm. We're both very excited, and we're starting to ramp up with that project this week. It's an autonomy project. Stay tuned. Things are happening. <laughs> um, so we're making a baby. I'm sorry, you- <laughs> I couldn't keep it. Oh. Another one. Eric already has three. David's um, gonna carry it. But now I'm gonna be like the father seahorse. You are gonna be a seahorse. It'll seahorse. be like Junior. It'll be. <laughs> oh God, Eric, you did this to me. <laughs> um, but so. <laughs> David, it's going to be the Arnold of our group. Good God. Um, But if you guys do want to support our projects and initiatives, you can go onto our website, nerdonomy.com, and click that very handy-dandy donate button. You can donate as as little as a dollar or as much as you damn well please. Mm -hmm. um, The C-section is going to cost a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Money for my baby. I don't have insurance. Not to mention... 
Dave is really going to need some plastic surgery to get his post his uh, pre baby body back. That's, that I, postpartum life ain't going to be yeah. easy, buddy. It's going to oh god, it's a tummy tuck and a breast lift and all that yeah. stuff. So <laughs> vaginal reconstruction already. I now understand what women are saying. There we go. I now in tune. I get why bras are necessary. <laughs> they're not just there to hold back the fun stuff. Right? They're there for a practical purpose. I'm oh glad god. you can finally see the side to that. I'm glad. Can the episode title be "You Hold Back the Fun Stuff"? Oh my god! <laughs> I don't. I don't know. We'll leave that to Sean. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. I said that twice. I'm sorry, Sean. It's <laughs> gonna kill you. <laughs> fucking Dave! Stop picking up these fucking episode titles. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening and we will see you next week same nerd time same nerd channel nerdonomy.com see ya bye Bye. and roll credits Famous movie quotes you should not say during sex. Flying meat! Oh, hot, 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 hot. Oh. Mm.